Lecture topic. Do it for Dean and Dunya. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-nadheen astafa. Amma ba'du fa'audu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. وقال ربكم ادعوني استجب لكم ان الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخرين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغنني بالعلم وزينني بالحلم واكرمني بالتقوى وجملني بالعافيه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala has indeed given us the greatest wealth that a person can ever possess which is his wealth of Iman and Allah Ta'ala give us the true qadr of this wealth of Iman the true appreciation, the understanding of what is this wealth all about and enable us to protect it, look after it, safeguard it in our own lives the lives of our families and for our progenies to come for our communities, for the entire Ummah indeed there is nothing that we can compare to this and no matter how much this is emphasized it would still not be able to do any justice the safeguarding of this Iman is by safeguarding the way that Rasulullah has presented to us this is the only way that a person will be able to protect this deen. Person deviates from the Mubarak way of Rasulullah then there might be some false impression that a person might come under that he is having deen with him but he might have something very far away from deen. Deen is confined in the Mubarak way of Rasulullah so among all the various things that Nabi Wasallam taught us one of the very important things that he taught was dua and dua in the hadith Nabi Wasallam is termed as mukhul ibadah the very essence of ibadat one is mulk then from the mulk the butter is then extracted First the cream is extracted and then the cream, the butter is extracted and then something else beyond that, Allah knows that very last bit which is the actual essence of it all that is the simile that is being given here that the ibadat and the very essence of ibadat dua one is what we uh, regard as dua sometimes where we have our hands raised and we are saying something but our hearts and minds are far away somewhere else and apart from perhaps after some salah we made some dua or somebody passed away we made some dua or some auspicious occasion we made some little bit extra dua but other than that dua is generally absent in our lives whereas dua should be part and parcel of a person's daily life and this is the essence of ibadat and this truly brings out the person's abdiyat he's being a complete slave of Allah Ta'ala dua is a manner of begging Allah Ta'ala 
One is just reciting du'as. The other is asking Allah Ta'ala, begging of Him. So when a person will truly beg from Allah Ta'ala on a daily basis, with dedicated time, then this will bring that abdiyat in the person. I am totally in need of Allah Ta'ala. Totally I am in completely helpless. Without the help of Allah Ta'ala, I can do nothing. I am entirely dependent on His help. And when the person will keep turning to Allah Ta'ala in this way, then, inshallah, his heart will then connect to Allah Ta'ala. And he will then, for all his needs, often what happens is, that our mind goes to Allah Ta'ala last. Person has a problem, so he's got some contact, immediately he's dialing some contact. If the contact doesn't work, then after he's got some other contact, second contact. Otherwise, he'll go and see something else. And Allah forbid sometimes, after those contacts don't work, then he'll try the haram contacts. He might go and contact the bank manager to incur the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. So, the mind just goes directly to all these various means only and sometimes even the haram means. Whereas, the start, and now when nothing works, everything seems to now be coming to a dead end. There's a blank wall in front of every, every turn he took. When nothing has works, then he now says, now please make dua for me. And then too he perhaps sometimes doesn't raise his hands himself. So dua is actually the first part of call. Allah alone is the doer. And when a person will connect himself to Allah Ta'ala and beg of Allah Ta'ala, then the means also are in the control of Allah Ta'ala. The means don't do, they are in the control of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala will open out the means. So the first part of call is only dua. Then after that he will do what is in his capacity, whatever efforts he has to make. So dua is an extremely important aspect in a mu'min's life. And this must be brought alive. If we look into the lives of, in the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was the fountainhead of it all, then we would see what was the extent of dua in his Mubarak life. And then that same legacy in the lives of the Sahaba and then throughout the centuries thereafter in every era the pious personalities, the Ahlullah look in their lives and you'll find a very prominent part of their lives is Dua so this should become part of our lives also one is the Dua that is made in a very formal manner that too should be part of our lives daily there must be some dedicated time a person is begging Allah Ta'ala, one is just reciting some du'as. Reciting du'as, then a person recited something, begging Allah Ta'ala, begging from the depth of his heart, with his heart and mind and soul included in that du'a. And begging Allah Ta'ala for every need of deen, dunya and akhirat. Not only confined to dunya, as his dunya needs also, but more important than his dunya needs are his needs of akhirat. More important than the need of dunya is what's going to be the need for the cover? What's going to be the need for the day of qiyamah? And his greatest need that Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness comes and he's granted jannah. So that is his greatest need. But unfortunately sometimes if a person does make dua to, often our dua is confined to dunya. Dunya or some problem that we have somewhere, but that's where it finishes off. No, for deen 
and dunya. So in any case, this is one aspect of dua, this formal manner that dua should be made. Together with that, they are du'as of the various occasions, which are recited as wadaif, as azkar, but they are du'as at the same time. These are not done in a formal manner, but it's on the occasion. Now a person after he wakes up from his sleep, so the du'a at that time, du'a to be recited, Rasulullah has taught a du'a. From morning till evening, from the time his eyes open, till when he's almost falling asleep. His eyes barely open, Alhamdulillah, all praise is due to Allah Ta'ala who gave me life after death the person sleeping was like a dead person now he woke up Allah Ta'ala gave him another opportunity another day another day to come back to Allah Ta'ala our mind only goes another day to make some more another day to come back to Allah Ta'ala another day one more chance make toba, make istighfar make amends sort out whatever the rights of people are the rights of Allah Ta'ala so in any case now to make shukar for this Alhamdulillahilladhi And then throughout the day From that moment he woke up He would go to relieve himself Before he enters the toilet After he leaves Before he starts his wudu During his wudu After his wudu He's going to leave the house now When he starts wearing his clothes There's a dua at that time He will start opening the door to leave This Bismillah to be recited a dua to be recited at the time of leaving the home after he leaves the home when he now comes to the masjid before he enters the masjid inside the masjid filled with dua till the last moment when Nabi Islam says when a person now retires to bed after he's recited whatever else among the last things and the last thing that he should recite put his hand under his right cheek Allahumma inni aslam tu nafsi ilayk wa jahtu wajhi ilayk wa fawwattu amri ilayk wa aljahtu zahri ilayk رَغْبَةً وَرَهْبَةً إِلَيْكَ لَا مَلْجَأَ وَلَا مَنْجَأَ مِنْكَ إِلَّا إِلَيْكَ آمَنْتُ بِكِتَابِكَ الَّذِي أَنْزَلْتَ وَبِنَبِيِّكَ الَّذِي أَرْسَلْتَ Till that last moment this dua also Nabi Sassam taught. Filled with such meaning. Complete submission to Allah Tabarakul. Everything of mine is to you alone. He started off the day with dua. Till the end of the day with dua. And simple, these are simple duas. Many beautiful kitabs have been printed with these duas. Person takes one of these kitabs, learns one dua, once a week, one new dua. If that becomes too much, once a month, one new dua. Then two in one year, he'll learn twelve duas. And in ten years, he'll learn 120 duas. And practice it on the occasion. These duas are extremely effective when done consciously in connecting a person to Allah Ta'ala. Because at every occasion, it's reminding him, these are all na'mats of Allah Ta'ala. Everything is from Allah Ta'ala alone. And I should be submitting myself to my benefactor. Who granted, granted me all this? Everything is from Allah. And this is that com- continual zikr, which is an extremely great requirement in a mu'min's life. So this is also a very great part of that zikr, this dua. So this too should be part of that dua. And then together with that, the simple talking to Allah Ta'ala from a person's heart, from the depth of his heart, he keeps talking to Allah Ta'ala. He's going home, so he talks to Allah Ta'ala from his heart. Dua, that's what it is all about. Dua. He's talking to Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, I'm going home, make it such that when I get there, I see everything in a pleasant situation. Everything is in order, there's no problem, there's no difficulty. That it becomes a means of sukoon and itminan, 
barkat and afiyat mashtaqi do allah taala now this too is a very great means of developing this taluk and this connection with allah taala which we have to at every cost make an effort to develop because this is the essence of all whatever good will come thereafter person is going to work ya allah make this day easy ya allah make it a means of khair and barkat ya allah protect me from any kind of loss hardship difficulty he's talking to allah taala this then builds that yaqeen in allah taala otherwise he starts looking at himself i did i am somebody i made it happen but when he started off with dua and it happened he will remember that this is allah taala's doing allah taala made it happen i didn't make it happen so in any case all these are the various forms of dua that should be in the part of a mu'min's life among the many many duas that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam made one very very beautiful and concise dua and all these duas on the one side were dua simultaneously they were ta'lim they were giving great lessons to the ummah Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam on the one hand this was a reflection of his level of abdiyat when he went to the highest point when no other human and creation had ever gone not even the closest angel on the occasion of miraj and allah taala describes the that journey from the beginning of the journey of miraj subhanallazi asra bi abdihi laylan min almasjidil haram ila almasjidil aqsa alladhi barakna hawla Allah Taala says glory be to Allah who took his abd Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was the rasul of Allah he was the nabi of Allah he was habibullah he was all the great qualities that Allah Taala blessed anybody with he had greater than everybody else but on this occasion when he went to the highest point that anybody ever reached that quality of his was highlighted which was the means of getting to this height because he was the greatest abd of allah taala allah taala took him to the highest point so this abdiyat and this abdiyat comes out in these duas so one is the reflection of the abdiyat of nabi sallallahu alaihi himself that despite being masoom sinless having the direct help of allah taala but yet continuously begging allah taala this is a reflection of his level of abdiyat and in what unique ways and amazing way, words which it is impossible for anyone but a nabi of allah taala to be expressing those needs in those words those words and that those expressions are itself and mujiza so in any case among those many many duas one very concise and beautiful short dua which we will try to briefly just uh, understand is a dua where rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam allahumma aghnini bil ilm wa zayyinni bil hilm wa akrimni bit taqwa wa jammilni bil afiyah all these short duas simple duas very easy to learn duas if you explore them we try to analyze them we try to understand them we find almost every of these duas includes everything of dunya and akhirah that we need one one line half a line duas they include all the needs of dunya and akhirah so here again there's a very short concise dua there are four things in this dua that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked for the first one allahumma aghnini bil ilm aghnini ghina one meaning of aghnini comes from 
غنا یا اللہ میک می ویلتی ود علم اللہ گرانٹ می دا ویلت آف علم دس از دا ویلت دس از دا ویری گریٹ ویلت دا ویلت آف دا دنیا آل پٹ ٹوگیدر دا ہول ورلڈ ویلت پٹ ٹوگیدر کان کمپیر ٹو افریکشن آف دا ویلت آف علم دس از دا ریل ویلت بکوز دس ویلت will benefit a person in his qabr benefit a person in, on the day of qiyamah and take him to jannah with the fazl of Allah Ta'ala the wealth of dunya it will benefit him to a point Nabi Islam says Yaqul ibn Adam Mali Mali Ibn Adam he keeps talking about this is my wealth and this is my wealth وَهَلَّكَ مِنْ مَالِكْ إِلَّا مَا أَكَلْتَ فَأَفْنَيْتَ what is your wealth? Nabi Islam is asking what is your wealth? Says, your wealth is what you've eaten up مَا أَكَلْتَ فَأَفْنَيْتَ او لبست فابلیت او یو وانٹ وانٹ آؤٹ او تصدقت فامدیت او یو سینٹ ایٹ اہیڈ تو دا آخرت بائی یوزنگ ایٹ ان گوڈ کاؤزز بائی سپینڈنگ ایٹ ان دی پارٹ آف اللہ تعالی ہیلپنگ دا نیڈی ایسیٹرا دیٹ یو سینٹ اہیڈ دیٹ ٹو اسٹل انویسٹڈ فور یو دا ریسٹ آف ایٹ یو آر میئرلی دا جسٹ دا پرسن ہوز ہولڈنگ ایٹ ان ٹرسٹ فور سب بڑی آج تو کم دیر آفٹر You are merely just the guardian of it. It is the guardian. You are looking after it for somebody else, tomorrow then they will take it. Yours is only these three things. What you ate up, what you wore up, what you invested in the akhirat for yourself. The rest of it is the guardian. So, the real wealth is the wealth of ilm. It is the wealth of ilm that would make a person recognize who is his Rabb without this ilm he'll be in jahalat he'll be in ignorance he won't be able to understand he won't be able to recognize Allah Taala. without this ilm he can't fulfill any basic aspect of deen he won't be able to make his wudu correctly won't even perform his ghusl properly once one alim was giving one talk it was a Juma talk and normally in a Juma talk masail are not necessarily discussed So the person sometimes understands half and doesn't understand and sometimes misunderstands that in a Jummah talk he can't even then inquire that what was actually said and did I understand right. So often that is not encouraged or not done. But in any case this person just on the spur of the moment he just happened in passing he mentioned the three furs of ghusl. That there are three furs in ghusl the person has to thoroughly rinse his mouth every part of the mouth must get rinsed and then put water into his nostrils till the end of the fleshy part and then he must drench his whole body in water there mustn't be one hair's breath that gets left dry so now he just mentioned this in passing and carried on with whatever the subject was so later that evening he gets a call from somebody the person says wow I first time in my life learned that there are three furs in Ghusal so what do you mean first time he says well I don't know somehow I just never learned it so he says what do you do then he says well I just go under the shower and that's it So don't you gargle, don't you put water in your... Well, I don't even... If I did it sometime, I did it, but as a norm, no. Now the person is married, he is a father of many children, and this is the halat of his ghusl, and he must have gone for umrah and hajj, Allah knows. In the month of Ramadan, he's fasting, obviously, he would be fasting, but he's performing salah daily. But if that taharat is not in order... The person is still in a state of janabat because he didn't complete his ghusl. So what salah and what hajj and what umrah 
Now this lack of ilm, how far its effect goes to. That sometimes even the most fundamental aspects of deen are in disarray. A person is doing it but he's not getting anything out of it. It's not fulfilled, not valid because of the lack of ilm, basic ilm. So one is that very basic elementary ilm which is imparted generally in the makatib, in the madrasa. The children are given the basic talim. Unfortunately that too is given sometimes very minimal uh, attention. Due importance to it is not given. It's like something, well it has happened, fine. But by the way, and then in that minimal time that is given to the ustad to teach the child and then there's so many things to be imparted the time is so short the time comes at the end of the day when he's now tired out so how much can really happen so this is a very important responsibility on parents to ensure that the child has acquired at least the very basic ilm that makes it possible for him to perform all his obligations of deen correctly otherwise Allah forbid something like this can become the outcome then together with that, the ilm that pertains to whatever things that relate to one in day-to-day life. If somebody is in business, then the Messiah of business, he should know. So often a person is asking something, he's asking something, and by the way, he mentioned something else. He didn't come to ask what came out by the way. By the way, he just expressed something which he took for granted. He's talking about something, and that's second aspect just came away. That second aspect made it obvious that this whole transaction is haram. But he had no idea about it. That this is nothing but interest. It's called by some other name or whatever the case might be. And he's just going with the motions. But he had no idea what it is. Now this, a person is so thrilled about what a wonderful transaction he got into. But if that is only interest, what good is that going to bring? that is going to harm everything, it's going to destroy everything, it's going to take the barkat out of every single bit, and then it will uproot everything also. So the masail that pertain to business, then a person is living day to day life, all the masail that pertain to day to day life, muasharat, his interaction, what are the responsibilities that are above him, upon him with regards to others, all these are aspects that he has to familiarize himself with, go to the Ulamai Kram, inquire, then there's ilm of zahir, these are the ilm and the aspects of the external self, there's aspects pertaining ilm of the internal side. How to develop his akhlaq, how to keep the heart clean from malice, from jealousy, from the ego, from pride, from arrogance, from all the various things that affect the heart. There's also an ilm. And without this ilm, a person sometimes will be jeopardizing Allah forbid even his iman. So, Allahumma aghnini bil ilm. One is this side of the ilm, that a person should be acquiring the correct ilm. And then the other side is the flip side, the information, the information that just keeps flooding in, which people generally refer to as ilm. It's not ilm. Ilm is that which takes a person to Allah Ta'ala. Ilm is that which is part of wahi and is derived from wahi, from revelation. The rest is information. It's a skill. 
But this information that is bombarding, Allah forbid that what havoc it is causing. Many a person sometimes, youngsters, others, grown up people, and in casual conversation they start talking about something they read, something they picked up somewhere, not even asking about it, just mentioning it in ca- but that what the person is saying and he is sounding quite interested about some Allah know best that whether they have made it a kind of they have accepted it but it tantamount sometimes to kufr one person got into some new kind of therapies recently some kind of therapies of whatever sort and she says no actually nowadays these things are very important because in the light of whatever the events around are concerned throughout the world and around us as well it's obvious now du'as don't work what kind of statement is this? what is the effect of such a statement on a person's iman? and these things are becoming common so the other side of it is that a person has to be guarded that what is he taking in? and also what are his children taking in? because everything is being designed to corrupt the beliefs of a person earlier in the day there was a discussion addressing our sisters so one two things came up there in passing which just coming back to mind now so we will repeat it that one person his child came from school eight year old child in grade two or three so he came back from school he got a project what project he's got? the project is he has to do a project on a silo camp. Subhanallah, silo camp. The father started scratching his head. He went to Mexico, never heard the word silo camp. Now this child is in grade two, he's coming, you've got a project on silo camp. So he had to first go and check it up. What's this all about? Inquire from somebody. And he couldn't even get the pronunciation. Afterwards, somebody told him how it's pronounced properly. Now he realized after he was told that this is actually, in terms of the so called evolution theory, this is the first organism. Somewhere, something of that nature. Now, that child in grade 2 or 3 is doing a project on something to do with evolution. And now the child, many a person has expressed this. I've had direct conversations with somebody who went through the motions and now he's debating it. That, no, there is some credence, he calls it, to this theory. That it doesn't sound, it's not, it's not something absurd. It makes sense, na'uzubillah. It makes sense to him that he believes that well there is some credence to all this the so called big bang theory so Allah doesn't exist and then together with that the evolution theory that na'uzubillah uh, insan human beings came from an ape somebody asked him that why don't you write a refutation of Darwin's theory of evolution he said what is the need for it so everybody is proud over proud meaning he feel very happy about his ancestors we are mashallah very happy our ancestor is Adam Salam. we are his progeny if somebody is happy over their ancestors that they are coming from monkeys let them be, why must you worry about them they thrilled about coming from an ape up to them what's the need to now refute them let them rejoice over what they think they, where they came from but unfortunately the issue here is that that is not just a theory it goes against so many ayat of the Qur'an Sharif about the creation of Adam salam and how this human being was created and thereafter how this mankind was brought out 
I diffused those ayat. And now the child is growing up because in school this is what he was told. Many years ago in one maktab, two children were arguing, small children, primary children, maybe eight, nine years old, they're arguing with some, over something. And in that argument, one child called the other a baboon. So the other child said, so what? You're all from baboons. Now they're sitting in a madrasa in a maktab. They've come to learn Quran Sharif. They've come to learn Deen. And now in that, this little argument of those two children, eight, nine years old, so one called the other a baboon, he says, so what? You're all from baboons. So the Ustad overheard it. So he said, hey, come here, what, what you said? So he said, well, he said that we, you know, I'm a baboon, so we'll all come from baboons. Where you got this from? The teacher told us. Now he's growing up with that as belief. He's got it in his heart, well, this is what it is. So he's, he's quite casual about it. He's okay with it that he was called a baboon because he believes this is where we came from. Now he will grow up with that. He will have that in his heart. He will come for salah. He might go for hajj. He'll stand at Arafat and raise his hands. He'll hold the ghilaf of the Kaaba Sharif. But if this is the aqidah in his heart, all this is null and void. All this is completely null and void. And now this grade 2 child is coming with this evolution theory as a project. I must draw one diagram of a silocanth. One page something, one small diagram, that's his project now. But now that seed is being planted from that point. That seed is being planted and that's where it now un- plays out. Over time it starts playing out. On occasion it comes out. This is what the belief of the person is. And Allah forbid, these are things that go against so many ayat of the Qur'an Sharif, which then rejects the Qur'an Sharif. So this is a very very dangerous thing. Extremely dangerous. And then together with that, there are so many children go to schools and come, where their entire aqidah is shaken, because they are doing all kinds of things, mixing with all kinds of children. They have a different kind of ethos in that school. One parent, he in some other town somewhere, he suddenly one day got a shock. What happened? Now the child came back from school that night, they had having supper, and the child is sitting with his hands in front of his face suddenly like this. So what are you up to? He said, no, I'm doing, giving grace. So where you got this from? The teacher taught us. So now he's coming with that. That's now he's growing up with this. He's got the... Many a child doesn't understand that Isa salatu salam was raised by Allah tabarak wa ta'ala he still Nauzubillah believes, no, no, something else, whatever the Christians believe. These are things that were planted in there. So on the one side, the importance of ilm, at the same time guarding ourselves from those things that, that destroy iman, that corrupts the heart, that create all this fitna and fasad. So both are very important. One is to get the right ilm, and at the same time to guard ourselves from those things that are so destructive and harmful. Otherwise, Allah forbid, that that iman of the child is in danger. And he'll grow up and Allah knows this way he finish off. So this is the first lesson that we get out of this dua, Allahumma aghnini bil ilm. Then the second aspect was zayyinni bil ilm. Ya Allah, beautify me with ilm. Ilm, ilm means tolerance. Tolerance, sabr, these are all very closely related. But tolerance, to be able to take in one's side, whatever happens around one, somebody said something, somebody did something, somebody provoked his anger in some way, whatever. But he has that film, that tolerance. He can digest things and carry on like nothing happened. Something happened inside, 
Not that nothing happened inside. Otherwise it is not insan maybe. Something happened inside. But he built up that hill. And this is the words of Rasulullah Ya Allah beautify me with this. This is an adornment. Normally the word zayin comes from zina. Zina, adornment, like jewelry etc. So what is being expressed here is, this is the real adornment. Hilm is a very great part of akhlaq, good character. Generally our understanding of akhlaq is what can be termed as etiquette. To say please and to usher somebody in with uh, courtesy and give somebody preference, use it first. Mashallah, that's also important, that's good. But that's etiquette. That even people don't have iman also, they also understand that bit of etiquette. That's part of human values. Akhlaq is something way beyond that. Where etiquette finishes off, akhlaq only starts from there. Akhlaq is related deep down in the heart. And this good akhlaq then manifests itself in everything. How much of sabr a person has depends what's in the heart. It'll manifest itself on the occasion when the person is suddenly put to the test. How much of hilm he has. Now this is the real adornment. These are the real jewels. These are the things to adorn oneself with. Often when talking to students etc. So the example that is given, students generally understand examples of two types very easily. Either something to do with food or something to do with marriage. These are the two examples that they very very easily understand. So these are the examples that are used. So now somebody, for example, he got married, and now he got married to somebody who was now long aspiring for. So now she came bedecked in all the jewelry and wealth and priceless jewelry and whatever else, and all the external beauty also, which is uh, sort of unmatched. So now all this is glittering and dazzling. But now in that first meeting now after the nikah, she suddenly talks to him in a very abrupt manner. So already his heart will be shaken, what happened here? Then he might think, well okay, maybe it's a little bit of, maybe some nervousness or something. So that nervousness created some, maybe vibration in the tongue, that's how it came out. But then suddenly after another few minutes, she's now talking vulgar words to him. She's swearing at him. In barely five minutes, if this carries on, it will become a pain for him to look at her. What happened to all that dazzling jewelry? What happened to that external beauty? What happened to everything? All just vanished out of his heart. He is trying to run out of here. He wants to get out of this situation. I don't know where I put myself into. Somebody tells him, but she's the wealthiest person around and the person who's got the greatest beauty, he says, leave that for somebody else. He says, I won't wish this on my worst enemy. What happened? Because the real jewels were missing. The real jewels are what is inside the heart. The jewels of akhlaq. Then if the outside is not so glittery and glamorous, this will far compensate for the lack of something outside. But if this is missing inside, then that outside in a short time will lose its value, it will lose its dazzle, it will become a pain, it will become a burden. Person want to be running away from there. So this akhlaq, this hilm is part of this akhlaq. Allah adorn me with this hilm, this tolerance. What is this tolerance all about? To understand it from one 
incident in the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam on one occasion Nabi sallallahu alaihi is walking along with the sahaba or he's mounted on a on a camel and he's going and the sahaba along one person comes there's various incidents on this one occasion he was walking along this person comes Bedouin and he grabs hold of the sheet of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam which had a coarse edge and he grabs it Bedouin and didn't have any etiquette didn't have the opportunity to learn living deep down in the rural area somewhere so as a result they were very crude in their ways sometimes this person comes and he grabs holds that sheet and the sheet had a coarse edge he jerks it with force and the sahabi mentioned that that as a result it left a mark on the mubarak shoulder of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam it hurt him it bruised him and then on top of that this person talks in a very abrupt manner and he says murli min malillah that give the order that something from the wealth of allah ta'ala be given to me and there's some narrations that narrate something even further that he said some other words which were not appropriate at all this is the situation nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam and in the midst of the sahaba and this is the way somebody talks to him and treats him and on top of that now he's saying give me something what was the response nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam turns at him turns towards him smiles and then says to somebody give him something and then carries on this was a manifestation of hilm and this is the legacy that was then passed on one incident in the life of imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi these great personalities they didn't come become those giants of their times and who became such great people just by the way it was on sifat the qualities that they possessed the same qualities that they took from the sunnah and they brought into their lives one person comes to imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi in the midst of a gathering he is the imam of the time and all his students are around him and this person whatever had happened whatever the reason was his misunderstanding of something what somebody put in his mind and heart because there were many people that were deeply jealous of imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi so they would circulate some rumors sometimes and what not this person came in the midst of that gathering and he slaps imam sahab can you picture the scene person of that caliber in the midst of his students imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi turns to him and he says to him that look you have hit me you slapped me so if i take revenge i am entitled to it al ayn bil ayn an eye for an eye a slap for a slap provided it is not in excess of what was done how much that person hurt you you are allowed to hurt him exactly that much or less not more otherwise then the tables will be turned first the person was mazloom now he became zalim so i am entitled to take that much of revenge but i won't do that if i want i can tell my friends here to take the revenge on my behalf but i am entitled to that too to the extent you hurt me i won't do that also if i wish i can take it to the qazi and go and lay a complaint the qazi will take revenge on my behalf but i won't do that also and if i want i can leave it for the day of qiyamah the day of qiyamah in lieu of whatever somebody was harmed in dunya he will now be compensated from the good deeds of the person who harmed him and if that person doesn't have enough good deeds then this person the mazloom his sins will be taken and put under that person's head 
for one salah, for, for one dirham, like a few rands, 500 accepted salah will be given. For one abusive word, Allah knows best how much will be given. So if I want, I can leave it for that day. I will take away your good deeds. I won't leave it for that too. Inshallah, Allah Ta'ala give me entry into Jannah. And if Allah Ta'ala permits me to intercede on behalf of anybody, I'll intercede on your behalf and take you to Jannah. Now who can respond on the spot like this? One is if somebody knows beforehand, somebody's going to give me some good shouting, tell me some hurtful words. So now he prepares himself, okay, I'm going to keep quiet, not going to say anything. And uh, maybe he can even start preparing how to be humble. But something happens out of the blue. So it's out of the blue, like that one person had trained that parrot to recite the kalima. La ilaha illallah, la ilaha illallah. It's a parrot, it's on his tongue. La ilaha illallah. It's reciting, mashallah. Visitors come, they're so impressed. La ilaha illallah. One day that parrot got out of the cage. Somehow the cage got left open, it came out. So it came out for ages now, that cat was always looking at the parrot with such hungry eyes and no chance. And today now suddenly this parrot is walking outside. So that cat now, the long aspirations, it just pounced on it. And now when it pounced on it and its jaws started closing around the neck of that parrot, so no la ilaha illallah came out. That same old squawking came out. What was in the heart? On the spot that comes out. When it's time to now impress others and prepare and so on, then what's on the tongue can come out. But when suddenly things happen out of the blue, only what is really deep down in the reality that comes out. When a person is on the spot, out of the blue, somebody provoked him, something happens, and he keeps his calm, he maintains his composure, he reflects on the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that the person man kazama ghayban, the person who restrains his anger when he could have vented it. He was in a position to vent it because it was somebody that was weaker than him. It was his wife. It was somebody else, some employee, or whatever the case might be. He could have vented it, but he controlled it. He restrained it. Then in one hadith it is mentioned, and the Qiyamat Allah Ta'ala will give him the choice of the Qur'aim. Another riwayat, مَلَأَ اللَّهُ قَلْبَهُ أَمْنًا وَإِيمَانًا Allah Ta'ala will fill his heart with peace and with iman. So now he's reflecting on all this and he's controlling it. Yes, there's a, some emotion running in his heart, but he's reflecting in the right manner and he's controlling it. Now all this is part of that hill. And this is the true adornment. وَزَيِّنِّي بِالْحِلْمِ there's so much more in this, but just to now wrap up the few, the other two aspects which are mentioned in this dua, Nabi Islam then says, وَأَكْرِمْنِي بِالتَّقْوَىٰ Ya Allah grant me honor with taqwa. Taqwa is the basis of honor. There's no honor based on anything else. Neither on a person's, uh, how much of wealth a person might have, what is his financial position, what is his position in society, what is his family lineage, or which part of the world he comes from, what might be his color, what might be the language he speaks, none of these things are the basis of honor in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. In the sight of Allah Ta'ala, inna akramakum indallahi atqakum. The most honored of you, among you in the court of Allah Ta'ala, atqakum, the one who has greatest taqwa, whoever it might be, wherever he might come from. He has the greatest taqwa, he is the most honorable in the sight of Allah Ta'ala.
So this is the aspect of honor. This is what we have to acquire. This taqwa, taqwa is, one is that to refrain from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden, this is taqwa. And more deeper than that, taqwa is a relationship with Allah Ta'ala. It's not just a dry, like a formal, it's a relationship. There is this muhabbat in it. There is this deep love for Allah Ta'ala. This is what is included in this taqwa. So, akrimni bi taqwa, wa jammilni bil afiya. Ya Allah, you adore me with afiyat. Afiyat, afiyat is that a person is saved from all kinds of difficulties, hardships, calamities, trials and tests, and things that overwhelm a person. Afiyat from things that harm a person's deen, and afiyat from things that harm a person's dunya. Now imagine in this short dua, deen, dunya, everything is included. So this, in the hadith, Nabi Islam says, after iman, a person has not been blessed with anything better than afiyat. But afiyat is all inclusive. Afiyat of deen and afiyat of dunya. Allahumma inna nasaluka al-afwa wal-afiyah wal-mu'afata al-da'ima fi al-deeni wal-dunya wal-akhirah wal-fawza bil-jannati wal-najata min al-naam. So this afiyat, these are all the beautiful things that Rasulullah s.a.w. asked in this dua. May Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we make this a part and parcel of our lives. This ilm, acquiring the correct ilm, keeping ourselves safe from all kinds of harmful information our children, etc. And together with that, this aspect of hilm, bringing this tolerance, bringing all the aspects of akhlaq. Akhlaq is the most, the heaviest thing on the scales of good deeds on the day of Qiyamah. Is nothing weightier on the day of Qiyamah on the scales of good deeds than good akhlaq. So we have to acquire this good akhlaq. And together with that, this taqwa, and may Allah Ta'ala grant us this afiyat. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. We'll make zikr for 2-3 minutes and then make dua inshallah. This is reported in the Hadith Sharif that the person who recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is inshallah with the regular recitation, Allah Ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous actions and save him from sin and this will become the means of this great honor. So inshallah, we will recite it a few times now, but we should try and make this a part of our daily practice that we recite La ilaha illallah hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Recite the Ru Sharif. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim Laiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana Muhammadan Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah 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 La ilaha 
يا ارحم الراحمين يا اكرم الاكرمين يا راحم المساكين يا ارحم الراحمين اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل اخرتنا خيرا من الاولى ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما واجعلنا للمتقين اماما واجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا واتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اله العالمين يا الله اومس مسيف اومس غريشس مسكاين مسلفين الله اله العالمين يا الله فوجيبس يا الله Allah forgive all of me Jane my sins ya Allah forgive all families ya Allah forgive all friends and relatives ya Allah forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah show your maghfirat on the ummah ya Allah show your rahmat on the ummah ya Allah remove the hardships and difficulties of the ummah ya Allah ilahu alamin ya Allah grant us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat ya Allah save us and the entire ummah from such amal that bring down azab ya Allah ilahu alamin make us among your true and obedient servants يا الله يا الله grant us true taqwa يا الله يا الله grant us your muhabbat يا الله يا الله follow our hearts with your love يا الله follow our hearts with the love of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam follow our hearts with the love of deen يا الله follow our hearts with the love of the amal of deen يا الله follow our hearts with the love of the mubarak sunnah يا الله الله العالمين يا الله remove the ways of yahud and nasara from our lives يا الله الله العالمين يا الله you save us from all the fitna and fasad يا الله save us from all the temptations of nafs and shaitan يا الله الله العالمين يا الله Fill our hearts with taqwa, Ya Allah. Link our hearts to you, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are sick of them, Shifai, Kamila, Ajila, Mustamirra, Daima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Those in any financial difficulties, remove with udafiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those in any kind of anxiety, depression, worry, whatever other concerns, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make it easy, Ya Allah. You grant itminan and sukoon to the hearts, Ya Allah. Remove all the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Those who have passed away from our families throughout the ummad, Allah alamin ya Allah you forgive them ya Allah make the complete maghfirat ya Allah grant them the high stages in akhirat ya Allah Allah alamin our time is coming as well ya Allah we have no idea when the angel of death will meet us ya Allah when he will suddenly accept our soul ya Allah Allah alamin you grant us such a death ya Allah that we live on iman ya Allah we live on kamil iman ya Allah Allah alamin we live at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you ya Allah Allah save us from death in the condition of sin ya Allah save us from death in the place of sin ya Allah Allah alamin make the pangs of death easy for us ya Allah Allah alamin ya Allah you help us at that critical moment ya Allah you protect us from the deception of shaitan ya Allah Allah alamin make our covered gardens of jannah for us ya Allah grant us the shafaat of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya Allah Allah don't take us to task of that ya Allah Allah alamin there is nothing we can present to you ya Allah Allah alamin we are only totally dependent on your mercy ya Allah Allah you grant us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning ya Allah Allah alamin ya Allah Allah bless us with the beautiful akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah alamin grant us true ilm ya Allah bless us with complete ilm ya Allah save us from every harmful thing ya Allah ya Allah save our children's iman ya Allah Allah save our family's iman ya Allah save our progeny's iman ya Allah Allah alamin save the iman of the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah alamin ya Allah all those who are who asked us for dua ya Allah all those who have raised their hands to this dua ya Allah know of each one's heart ya Allah you know the cry of each one's heart ya Allah Allah fulfill each one's needs from the ghaib ya Allah fulfill each one's pious aspirations ya Allah 
they move each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant the best of dunya and akhirat to each one, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you make us yours, Ya Allah. You become ours, Ya Allah. You make us yours and become ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all the efforts of deen accept it, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in it, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Spread the winds of hidayat far and wide, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Enable us to perform our five-time salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Enable us to recite the Quran Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to make your zikr daily, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to improve our akhlaq, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with your taqwa. Your muhabbat, Ya Allah, and fill it with taqwa, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri musta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه المعين والحمد لله